0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. I'm Maddie Pollock, your host, Hodgkin's lymphoma survivor, and health coach for cancer survivors after treatment. This week's guest is Cody O'Connor. Cody is a Ewing sarcoma survivor and founder of Champions Do Overcome. Cody is currently walking across the country to raise funds and awareness for families affected by childhood cancer. Can't wait for you to hear his story. Welcome, Cody, to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Sure does. How are you? Uh,
1: Well, hey, I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, um, I'm so excited to have you on, I'm so excited you reached out.
1: Excited to be here and uh, I'm glad that we could finally connect.
0: Yes, I know, you've been traveling and we'll talk about it all, but so it's been hard to lock you down in one spot.
1: It, it's been uh, been crazy and, and finding Wi-Fi is harder by the day, but hey, yeah. we're making it happen.
0: <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'm so excited to like get started and have you share what you're doing and kind of why. Um, if we can start there of like, you're walking across the country, right?
1: Something like that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, and yeah, just like what the, first of all, what the organization is called, and then also like why you're doing this, what the hope is with this whole kind of like movement you're doing.
1: So, yeah. So we've made it to Cincinnati, Ohio from Times Square. We are wow. about 760 something miles into the walk, and uh, have raised wow. over fifty thousand dollars. We uh, just got a six thousand dollar pledge, so that is actually probably closer to sixty one thousand now because we were around fifty five. And it's
0: um, amazing. And
1: yeah, it's it's absolutely awesome. Uh, you know, at, at age fourteen, I came down with Ewing sarcoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a form of bone cancer that affects like 400 kids in America every year. Mm-hmm. And I was told that, you know, at the conclusion of my surgery that they weren't sure one, if they could save my whole fibula or how that was actually going to look.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and If they could save the last inch, then I would be able to play normally like every other kid kid for the rest you know in an if as if cancer was just a thing of the past (laughs) Mm. and uh that turned out not to be true they had to take my whole bone Uh, so then i so then came limitations right and one of those big limitations were that i would never walk again normally in my life
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and we kind of i was stubborn i you know and i have a lot of faith and 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 i was like well i'm not gonna just let that be my outcome right so through faith and hard work we were able to rehab my ankle uh, to a point where is it perfect no but it's uh out there unassisted moving
0: that's amazing and you're walking 700 miles and
1: we're walking yes so our biggest thing has been let's just spread hope to as many people as possible and and that's what we call the walk for hope to do just that and um, uh, you know, we started a nonprofit that you mentioned called Champions Do Overcome. Hmm. And it's striving to pay all the cost of living bills for pediatric hmm. cancer patients wow. while they fight. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Incredible. Right. Um wow. That's so amazing. And okay, so let's rewind a little bit. So yes. back to fourteen. How did you figure it out what kind of was going on and all that fun stuff?
1: Honestly, it's one of those things where None of us ever expected cancer, right? Yeah, uh, I'm taking off for a sprint in football and I just start clenching my right ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm in pain, tears streaming down my face, and uh, I go to the doctor, he says it's Achilles tendonitis. I'm like, okay, cool. So I go to rehab mm-hmm. and or, like just running normal, ice, all that stuff,
0: yeah.
1: Um And still feel on and off pain as the season goes on. Mm. I then transitioned to sports probably for the next year. Every sport, I vividly remember just sitting out for numerous weeks at a time.
0: Like in pain. Because
1: it was this on and off pain. It was like a growing pain times 10, right? Oh. And um, I came home from camping one day and (laughs) my dad was telling me he was like okay well you have a break in your athletics in this seat this week let's let's get something checked out maybe if it's still bothering you that week was like two months away mm. uh, my mom saw me after teaching in sh- uh, religion class the next day looked down at me and she was like I don't care what you and your dad say
0: you're yeah the, he're you're going right to, back to the
1: doctor yeah. right. <laughs> and sure enough doctor that misdiagnosed me said that uh he's never felt anything like this in his life And we were off to the races. Wow,
0: (laughs) Felt it like felt like you could feel it.
1: Yep. So my tumor was in my ankle uh, at 14 in 10 months. I had a softball sized tumor in my ankle.
0: Oh my gosh. That's wild. And then you, I'm assuming like went and did scans and all that and found it.
1: Yep. So we we immediately went to an x-ray. And the X-ray showed swelling on the bone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept asking for all my tapes because I was very curious. I was like, "Oh, well, yeah. I want to be a doctor one day." That will never happen, by the way. I yeah. The dysfunctional <laughs> hospitals can just stay dysfunctional without me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I thought about it long and hard one day, and, and I would love, you know, I wanted that, so I was collecting all this, all these scans because I've never had yeah. a pro- really problems, and I was like, "Oh, this is so cool." Yeah, swelling on the bone, it's probably not good. The next day was an MRI, big glowing blob. Uh, The MRI tech looked at me. He was like, I can show you stuff, but I can't tell you anything. And I was like, I just remember seeing this glowing structure. And I was like, you don't have to say a word. And I walked out like ahead of everybody, just kind of in my own zone, kind of knowing that I didn't even know what cancer was, right? Right. But but I just kind of knew this is not good. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, really weird that the technician like let you see it. They did that to me too. I was like, they like let me see my x ray and all I saw was in my left lung. It was like opaque, like um there was like looks like a white blob. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like okay, what does that mean? Like they couldn't, I just think that's so weird. I was like, okay, well obviously something's wrong with me, but I don't know what it is. So thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah. That was uh that was one of the biggest things that, and I know that we were back, but we're, you know, we'll jump back in time. Uh, after we finished all of this, my mom wanted me to give access to my chart and, you know, yeah. like on online, like that, my chart program or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, look, ain't no reason for me to sit there and Look at blobs coming up on screens and start right. freaking out when I can't even tell you what <laughs> can't even what tell you what, what, what the difference between a mucus cell and an actual tumor yeah. buildup is. I was like, I'm not gonna freak myself out. So yeah, true. it's uh, it's definitely kind of something, but it's also crazy how instinctively you know, though we don't know what things are, right? when we see something big or whatever, it's it's like instinctively like, oh, nope, that's not good. I have something wrong, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I think everybody has that inside Like For it doesn't sure. take a radiologist to be like, hey, amen.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're not yeah, supposed like- to have a
1: glowing softball in your ankle. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> and also like you're in pain. So clearly something's wrong.
1: <laughs> right. Right. Completely.
0: Yeah. um Okay. And then after, so did you have to get it taken out or like, what was that? process obviously with
1: your leg and yeah the the prescription was 14 cycles of chemotherapy one of them being about six days long and one of them being about three days long yeah so it was like an ab cycle type of thing Uh, and then if we could stay close to they wanted me to stay as close to every two weeks as possible
0: okay um
1: with counts and stuff, it really, you know, usually it stuff drags out.
0: Yeah. So they
1: know that, but, but my body, we stayed between a two and three week regimen, which was as close as we could get. And, uh, they were very, very pleased. My body responded very well. Um, but we had a break in the middle for surgery. Uh, so that was after six cycles of chemo, uh, which was approximately three ish months. And then, um, had a break for surgery, had surgery. Um, there was, they kept me in my splint longer than needed because I was a stubborn patient and they liked to lie to me, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, they kept me in a splint longer uh, than it was immediately with the recovery process of that leg. It was like a splint cast, uh, walking boot. Like They kept me off of it for as long as they could to let yeah. everything set. Uh, but immediately after surgery, was right back into chemo. I also had 25 cycles of radiation, and wow. um, yeah, wrapped that up all within 10 months.
0: Okay, and you you were 15 by the time it ended.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Um, did the chemo help, like shrink the tumor? And then, like, was that kind of the idea behind doing it in between?
1: Yeah, completely. So they could have went and tried to remove it from the get go. Uh-huh. But the issues with that would have been, well, are they going to puncture it? Number mm-hmm. one, and if they punctured it, um, it's so vascular that that you stand a chance to bleed out internally. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> that was That's not the idea. first option.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, are they going to? So they were like, well, let's try to shrink it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they were very aggressive with chemo treatments. It was. It yeah. was. Uh, they They told me that they're fighting nasty with nastier. And I was like, "Oh, that's great." Um, yes. <laughs> one of my chemo's was made to make mustard, used to make mustard gas, um, and one oh, of my chemo's I received for 48 hours straight. So they were oh my God, very it aggressive all the time into my body. Uh, yeah. So they they were able to shrink it to where it was. Uh, I think they shrunk it from a softball down to I, I want to just a just like a little not like it wasn't mm-hmm. very big at all i mean they were super super pleased with the results of that mm-hmm. uh, when they took it out the pathology report though said that there was one cell found one millimeter away from the border mm-hmm. like one tumor cell mm-hmm. so that's why i had to go through the radiation and okay. I mean they left it up to my family ultimately
0: yeah
1: but my family kind of just took what they said and was like well you're going through all this anyway why would yeah. we with something and, happening yeah. like oh you don't need the radiation and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's the same cancer on my leg back, you know again. at least radiation bought me like 30 years before I have to worry about that so yeah
0: yeah <laughs> until something yeah
1: it's so weird but, uh, what uh let's have a sense of humor you end up getting you know yeah right? after this is all done it's like oh I got 30 years cool yeah
0: you have to a little bit <laughs> um okay and then afterwards so in that surgery was that when they took your fibula from the leg
1: yeah so that so the initial surgery took about i want to say eight inches of my fibula
0: maybe a little bit more for people that don't know like where the fibula is can you explain it
1: are you one of those people
0: i think i know a little bit (laughs) I know
1: it's in the lower leg. <laughs> it's uh, it's right next to the shin bone, but it, it curves on the outside. So your ankle knot, your ankle bone, quote-unquote, like the little ball on the yeah. outside of your leg, I don't have that on my right leg.
0: Oh, And that
1: that bone goes all the way up into your knee. Uh, the fibula itself accounts for only about 2% of the body's uh, weight-bearing bones. Oh. However, what it does and the uh the the issue that we have yeah. is the first and the last inch are dealt with for ligament and tendon structures hmm. so if you don't have the first and the last inch mm-hmm. then you're constantly off balance
0: i was gonna say uh, balance so, probably right. yeah
1: completely so that first and last inch was everything we needed in this surgery. So yes, that time that we're talking about is in reference to this big tumor removal and and the whole Mm. fibula coming out of my body and all of that. Mm. However, the first surgery that I had only removed basically like halfway, so towards the bottom of your calf, Mm -hmm. all the way down in my ankle. It removed all of that, right? So I was already off balance, already struggling and all of that. Mm -hmm. The... Next surgery, which is way down the line, it's like two and a half years later, just because oh. it was a scare. Um, okay. At one of our scare, or at one of our uh, scans. Oh. They went back in and removed the rest of my fib- uh, fibula.
0: Oh wow!
1: And we're blessed that that was just a blood clot. So
0: yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So did yeah. they have to remove it?
1: Well, they didn't, but there was a. There was a risk analysis right so okay. had they had gone in to do a puncture biopsy they stood the chance of dragging whatever it was into my soft tissue
0: I see okay so
1: therefore instead of worrying about it they just said look you don't need this chunk anyway let's just remove it
0: oh <laughs> so, it like, what's it doing
1: no my- it was just okay. hanging in my leg
0: I see um yeah. Wow. The body is so wild. First of all, it is
1: crazy. The body <laughs> like, is insane. really crazy. Yeah. So
0: do you have, so you don't have anything in there, like instead of that, like it's just not there.
1: Nothing. Yep. Yeah. But the tendon structure and everything is wrapped around my tibia. So your shin bone okay. and they're all surgically pinned there.
0: Oh my God. That's so crazy. Okay. So then what was like recovery? Like, and also you were like a young kid. How did you deal with I'm assuming you weren't able to like play sports like you used to. It sounded like you were really active. Like, how mentally yeah. did you deal with all that?
1: Well, and that's the part about cancer that nobody really talks about,
0: right? Yeah, is is part. the
1: the reacclimation to life. Yeah. Um, and as a 15 year old, <laughs> yeah, when you're already going through puberty and you're going through mm-hmm. the, the horrible drama of high school, right? Right, and, Just like and
0: being teenager yeah. yeah
1: everything else right yeah
0: refining
1: are finding yourself and some of us never find ourselves ever but you know hey it's all cool but yeah you know <laughs> you're going through all those we're past- all trying yeah, yeah we're all trying we get closer every day i like to think right yeah uh, but we're going through you know at that age you're going through so much mm-hmm. and then to go through cancer on top of it it erases what you thought you were
0: mm-hmm.
1: And makes you redefine yourself altogether. Yeah. So some Mm -hmm. may say, well, that's a great time. You don't know yourself anyway. But others, you know, like me, I was driven. I I was like, okay, I'm going to West Point. Like my, you know, my family was high in the military. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, none of them went to West Point, but I wanted to be there. I wanted to follow suit. I wanted to go the military route, but also get my education. So I was like, I'm Mm in. I made sure that by that time, by a freshman in high school, I was able to do all the physical requirements to actually get into the college
0: okay yeah i mean you have an idea you have an idea of like what you want to do and right
1: and we were working on letters from congressmen and stuff like that because you have to have a letter of recommendation okay and so we were ready to go well that wasn't the case right so adjusting to being the year-round athlete to being the driven physical person that only had you know five percent body fat type of thing right like Mm -hmm. from going from that to oh I can't even work out anymore yeah I can't even breathing heavy and I can't yeah and it wasn't just a shape thing it was I mean yeah I threw myself a pity me party a little bit afterwards but yeah it was more or less a whole I don't know how to navigate this now.
0: Yeah. It's like your identity you know? was taken right.
1: away. Completely yeah. gone. You know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's nobody talks about that. They all root for you to win. And mm-hmm. rightfully so. You can't deal with the other stresses unless you win.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But then it's kind of done with everybody rooting for that most of the time after. Because you're yeah. kind of left to deal with the mental stuff after. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely hard, uh, redefining everything. The, the rehab process was insane. Mm -hmm. Um, I went through three years of doing next to nothing, uh, right after cancer. Uh, so I went from being that wrestling person in freshman year that was training with varsity to not moving at all. (laughs) Just like, can't even
0: imagine (sighs) frustrating. Yeah.
1: Definitely. It was very frustrating. I mean, looking back, I was, <clears throat> sorry, uh, looking back, I was uh, definitely depressed. Uh, yeah. it, it wasn't something I would admit in the time. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But I didn't leave my room. I, I t- saw my girlfriend at the time, pretty much all, all the time ended up just mm-hmm. kind of being family that I stayed around and all of that. Yeah. Um, and then but Quit doing stuff with friend groups. Quit doing stuff with, Mm. you know, uh, hobbies because I, I mean, I played video games through cancer. I Mm. got very good at video games through cancer. So I just kind of rolled that over and was like, okay, maybe I'll just game. But looking back, staying in my room when I wasn't hanging out with like her or her family or my family, like I was just sitting in my room. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's not the life that
0: (laughs) that I would have
1: ever lived. had.
0: I never want to do this. Yeah, um, But it was,
1: it, you know, cancer I look at it as one of the best experiences of my life. Mm. Uh, it centered me down. It gave me perspective and I'm forever grateful for it. Yeah. Um, well, so that, that, yeah, the recovery with it all was, was definitely delayed until college. Um, yeah. And in college, I uh, kind of, I was able to get out of my big brace right before college Okay. Um, so we were in a smaller, uh, more athletic looking brace.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and that's just cause I kept asking the surgeon, like, Hey, do I have to be in this? Hey, do I have to be in this? Mm-hmm. And when I say brace, the first brace I was supposed to be in was a large plastic brace with metal hinges and big white straps. So wow. it was, it was very, um, and it went up like it took up the whole leg not oh my not my gosh. upper leg but the whole lower leg yeah
0: yeah, yeah. could you so, walk like you could walk with it right but you had but, it on all the time
1: yeah I was supposed to wear it anytime I moved oh my gosh yeah I am being that age and being independent you yeah like, absolutely that like, independent inside right like I'm, oh my no, god yeah not, I can't imagine
0: yeah. that would yeah. be so frustrating yeah. yeah so what did the second one look like was it like it was
1: It was more like your intense ankle sprain athletic brace, right? Like it was a plastic – it still had a ratcheted plastic thing that went around my whole leg, Mm -hmm. um, like the whole bottom, but it was half – all the way up to half of the leg though instead of the full leg. Okay. So, I mean, which is – was better. It was more low profile in my opinion. And Mm -hmm. But it was still – like you still had to ratchet something in and then the straps had to crisscross and everything had to – it was all – It was a lot of, it was secure. I mean, it was Mm. very secure, but it was low profile Mm -hmm. from what I was used to. So when the surgeon threw that one out there or as a alternative right now, just because I kept bugging him, I was like, yes, let's go. (laughs) And after I learned like, hey, I can do this. Like I can walk around in that one.
0: Yeah.
1: I was like, well, can we go smaller? And he hated that question
0: Mm. because
1: he didn't want to ever let me go smaller. Uh, he was a great doctor. I mean, he right. structured my leg to where I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, but you know, right. he, but he structured it to handle what I've done so far. Yeah. Now. So amazing doctor, and I'm very thankful. But he uh, he made me go. I went through probably ten of those shorter braces.
0: Oh wow, it's crazy. <laughs> so
1: okay. yeah. it was like every every like three months, I'd get a new one. Okay. And, uh, it was like a different
0: about. level. Of- no, same one. Oh, the same one. Same. Okay.
1: The same. He kept me in that one. Like I kept begging, begging, begging. Yeah. And so and I wasn't getting very far. So when I finally got to college, I was in that shorter one.
0: Okay. And I
1: w- went to o- Ohio University, mm-hmm. and it was very, very hilly. And I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to start walking these hills every day. I mean, I had no choice; I had to get to class. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, like, oh, this is. Actually, I think benefiting my leg because when it was oh. off, I was moving much better, right? Mm-hmm. So I started throwing my brace you know, that that the brace I would like walk a little bit more without it on, uh, mm-hmm. then I would throw. And I, like I said, I had like 10 of these, so it was not a very fast process. It was uh-huh. over years and years and years after that, that it actually got stronger and stronger and stronger, slowly but surely, okay, uh, to where. I ended up throwing it in the corner eventually, and was like, "We're wow. not doing this." And uh, I went and bought a little Ace brace sleeve.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I
1: told my family. I said, "Kind of put it on the table." It was like, "This is the only thing I'll wear anymore. If I need a brace, I'm just letting you all know." And kind of didn't look back really. And
0: oh my gosh! And you know,
1: it's kind of been crazy. Uh, COVID. Delayed that. I went back through my brace progressions during COVID. Okay. So that was not very fun. Was it because you Uh, weren't
0: moving around as much or why was that?
1: So my body itself during that time, yeah, I was sitting around more. I mean, I tried to do stuff, but I kind of went through. I mean, like all of us, we were faced with our inner demons. And um, I was forced to kind of get out of my comfort zone. I was hiking before that anyway. But okay. when COVID hit, I went to outdoor workouts. Well, mm-hmm. I ended up twisting yeah. my ankle, uh, which oh, fell, okay. uh, you know, I twisted and fell and um, really yeah. kind of limped my way off of that trail and <laughs> well, <laughs> ended up yeah. back in all of my progressions. Uh, that's when I got in touch with Rich Franklin, who's a UFC Hall of Famer, and I mm-hmm. asked his help to help with, uh, guidance, training, uh, conditioning, uh, coaches oh, wow. that could help everything. So I had him yeah. jump in my corner and I told him this crazy idea. And, uh, so he helped me do what I did lackadaisically over the course of nine years in like a year. So, you know, I oh was, my gosh. Uh, like yeah, helped so- you
0: build up the strength to like get back to where you are.
1: Correct. Yeah. So it was wow. absolutely crazy. And I actually have a little bit of calf development now over there. Not much. It still looks like a bad chicken leg or a peg <laughs> leg, whatever, but there was a little calf development. So that's yeah, incredible. It's, it like took awesome. you,
0: yeah, like a tenth of the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It oh was, uh, yeah. I mean, I told him about my venture and he was like, yeah, I want to help. And yeah. I was like, I, cause I, I couldn't have recovered that quickly without other people's expertise, so.
0: Yeah, um, that's amazing. And how did you go from, like, have you done therapy, you know, in the past, like, with all this? Like, how did you go from, you know, one's place to, like, where you are now mentally? Did you, have you, like, connected with other people that have experienced similar things? Kind of, like, what does that look like?
1: <sighs> um, I pray. Okay, so, yeah, I simply put, I pray. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not a superhuman or anything. Without my faith, I'd be nothing. Mm. but i I'm not the person that wants to I'm very open about my battle, but I'm not the person that wants to go talking about anything that I'm dealing with all the time right away, right? Okay. Uh, so I'll be, if it's about my battle and if I feel that I can help somebody from talking, I do, yeah. but I don't try to help myself through talking. I try to help myself okay. through praying. Okay. And so I have a strong faith and a strong relationship, uh, with, with, with God. And, and yeah. I believe that everything that I've been able to do and overcome has been from that. Yeah. Um, mentally, it's been pretty much all from that. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's it's, amazing. Uh, it's one of those things where I believe, in prayer and I believe in the power of, uh, the mind. Yeah. And so with that comes meditation and all of that and, mm-hmm. and trying to be, uh, kind of be your best self and, and, you know, and that's all mental in my opinion. So, Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Well, good for you. That's incredible.
1: And yeah, what it's... you're doing
0: now is like life changing for so many people. So, okay. Explain like what, where the idea came from and then like how, like you've got this, did you like, you got a group together and you like started this organization. So yeah. How did you like come up with this idea? Yeah.
1: So the organization itself came from what I experienced in my battle. So like my, uh, my mom fought a divorce going through this with my stepfather at the time. Um, my, I'm one, I'm the oldest of seven. So oh, wow! when she fought that divorce uh, on top of, you know, we ended up going through, um, eviction during my mm-hmm. cancer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, um, wondering where food was coming from, uh, yeah. for all the way. So my battle with all of those struggles, including somehow figuring out where Christmas presents were coming from, which I don't know where she had the time to think about that. Yeah. Um, uh, those struggles with us were only about three, about 30% of my bat, like, you know, like about, three to four months of my battle Mm -hmm. and then our network being stepped in like school district churches family Mm -hmm. uh we have a huge support system i mean they're amazing uh kind of a kick you know something that comes with it after you know having such a large sibling group is you have even more (laughs) friends or network people you know usually
0: yeah
1: um but I was laying in the hospital, seeing the attention pulled from my, uh, from my siblings onto me, myself mm-hmm. and being the oldest, I'm like, I hate that. Cause I always yeah. thought that I was supposed to pave the way. I didn't want the attention. I just wanted, I was just supposed to be the guinea pig that, mm-hmm. you know, this and that happens to, or paving the way, literally like, Hey, let me show you, Yeah. You know, I'm going to go through college first. I'm going to, you know, whatever, like I'm going to get mm-hmm. the, the degree or whatever mindset thing that you want to put into that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's what I thought I was supposed to do so I hated seeing the attention put on me and them missing athletics or them missing club events or them missing anything I was like this is not right so why isn't there an organization that helps with that Mm. I was like even more so I would see cancer kids um, skate using IV poles as skateboards and being by themselves in the hospital and I was like well that's not right either why is nobody with them right Mm -hmm. or it's really sad I mean like the IV pole skateboard is one of the saddest images I have in my mind from cancer yeah and um it's like well what can we do so I originally had the idea let's just make a nonprofit that starts helping the siblings of Mm -hmm. anybody that has cancer I was like let's just focus on the siblings and then my network and my business coach and people like that pushed me they were like well, can you make more of an impact? And I was mm. like, "Well, I mean, I don't know, like maybe."
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I sat down, we, uh, and started thinking, and I was like, "Well, let's pay all of the cost of living bills for the whole battle." I was like, "Any mortgages, cars, whatever. Wow. You know, let, let's let's cover it all." And then they were like, "Well, that's crazy, but let's do it."
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then
1: I was like, "Well, can we go a step further?" Yeah, let's go a step further, and so now it is what it is today so we do the cost of living but then we also will provide date nights for um you oh, know, or, or time for the parents to like stay strong right because right. uh, divorce rate is crazy with these traumatic illnesses yeah uh and and then we also will provide you know we'll, we'll drop off the goodie bags and stuff like that just because mm-hmm. i usually don't show up to the empty-handed i like to bring something right yeah uh and we have a battle buddy program which is what that strives to specifically do is provide those that don't have a support system a support system so and, uh, so we we kind of took the whole idea of let's just build up the family yeah. like doing it as a whole and not yeah. not go after the patient not go after the parents not go out, like let's just right holistically Everyone. handle the whole family
0: yeah that's so. so incredible and then how does the walk come into play with all this
1: the walk, yeah. Well, uh, I'm stubborn, as I said, and uh, so there's, there's a lot to, to be said about, you know, when someone says I will never do something again, right? And uh, I, I did a trial run of this from Westchester, Ohio to Cincinnati, Ohio, which is about 22 miles. Okay. And we walked that, raised a few thousand dollars, and got local news coverage, and that got my wheels turning. Mm. And I was doing some little challenges, like uh, a pull-up challenge. So I said that I would do in 30 minutes, or 30, I think it was ended up being 35 days of training. I said okay. I would do 100 pull-ups in under 10 minutes. Oh, did you do it? Yeah, yeah I did. Uh, I've never actually, done so one pull-up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we started on day one doing 100 pull-ups in 19 minutes and 50 something seconds, oh and we God. ended up getting that underneath 950. Um, so God. we had a little bit of it's time. You to could to
0: to just do 100 anyway. Yeah.
1: Start. <laughs> it was it, it was special. It was awesome, but. After that, we got messages from cancer survivors and people like that that I had no idea were following my very small Instagram account. And uh, they were saying things like, you know, hey man, seeing you do that and seeing you sell homes, because I was a real estate agent and things like that. They're like, yeah. it's motivating me to know that there's hope or a life after right. this. And um, I really took to that. So I took that plus me doing a successful. Re- 22 mile walk Uh i was like can we do this and impact every community that we touch can we do this on a national scale that really touches the nation Mm -hmm. and so that's what we're striving to do is you know we're striving to make it across the nation some is you know for the um for the reason that you can't break through that glass ceiling unless you do something crazy, you know? Yeah. So I'm I'm really trying to put the nonprofit on the map for that reason, you know, because yeah. I, I think that it can benefit numerous people, you know, everybody, every city mm-hmm. uh, could, every battle can, can use everything that we're trying to offer. So trying to reach the maximum number of people possible. And I felt that was only capable if we, <laughs> took this across, across the country. nation, <laughs> so uh, you know a, a goal that we have with it also, outside of raising money and yeah. inspiring people, is to build community.
0: Right,
1: uh, I am just all about coming together. I mean, it's it cancer in general doesn't discriminate. It's a cause that hits everybody, and uh, it hits them all the, all of us the same way. Uh, it's a family illness. It's not never something that just affects one person. And in uh, yeah. building a group group of people. Uh, coming together is is something that is our goal so Mm. we've touched communities we've stayed in communities longer uh, just because it's not a race in my opinion it's all about impact yeah Uh, and we've met amazing people whether that's been firefighters police city elected officials uh, Um, sports teams uh, nurses teachers random restaurant owners like you know like all kinds of people and you know we've been able to uh you know get get donations and logged logged all of this and it's it's really 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 special That's
0: so so yeah beyond incredible you're helping like more people than you even know you know and touching so many people's hearts and lives
1: we're we're, we're, we're hoping that it continues because we have a long way to go <laughs>
0: yeah yeah <laughs> true <laughs> basically we are only,
1: yeah we're only like 29 percent done with this or something so we okay. really have a long way to go
0: so where's your next stop after ohio nope. you're in ohio right yeah.
1: yeah yeah the next stop is uh louisville, louisville oh, wherever, right. Wherever, however you want to pronounce it wherever you are in the country so yeah uh, <laughs> louisville, louisville, kentucky. louisville kentucky yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah
1: and uh so that's next and then after that it will be st louis and then kansas city and okay. denver Vegas, LA. There's a chance that Head we up. actually, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, you better be at the pier. Um, for sure, I'll be there. We, the last stop. Uh, <laughs> uh, There's a chance we go hit uh, somewhere near Salt Lake. It just is going to depend. It's so that that is the last variable is the the portion to get from Denver to Vegas has changed every time I've looked on our routing. Okay. Because it all depends on, I think, snow conditions and passes. Yeah, I was
0: going to say the weather must
1: affect yeah. all that. So, yeah. unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, that's the last like question mark. And if it, if we have to go north to Salt Lake and then down, no big deal. We have mm. a great sponsor out there, and MyMedic um, sponsored us, and they're headquartered in Salt oh, Lake. Wow. Okay. So, um, so that'd be that'd be cool. Um, but we kind of were in talks with them because the plan right now is to go just south and then drive up to salt lake instead okay but there's a big chance that that pass is going to be un- unwalkable so yeah. we will have to go north
0: yeah okay and how many of you are walking
1: it's just me mm-hmm. um oh I, just you yeah there's a couple people on the road with me but nobody else is walking so wow okay they did it the right way they said okay yeah, I'll no one wanted to join that one. <laughs> yeah i'll, I'll support I'll you in the, i'll ride in the car
0: yeah yeah <laughs> um wow that's amazing and how are you like physically how are you feeling
1: we feel better that the chiropractor cracked my hips back into shape
0: okay that probably felt better yeah. yeah
1: yeah that that first adjustment was uh that was a brutal one
0: Yeah. Ooh. Um.
1: Yeah, he was like, usually we have to mic people up. And you echoed the whole room. I was like, yeah. well, the mountains did my hips in. So. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and those were wow. the baby mountains, not even the big ones. So what are the big looking ones? forward to Denver.
0: Denver will be, okay. Not,
1: not yeah. looking forward to that. But yeah. it's okay. We have a chunk of flat ground in between there. So I'm hoping that from the re- repetition of walking these long, excruciating days, Yeah. That we can build up the muscle structure even more, yeah. so that when we hit the mountains the second time, that mm-hmm. uh, it's
0: not—it's not such as, a big like, deal. Shocking, yeah,
1: yeah. Because yeah, climbing them wasn't the problem; it was walking in a gutter on top of a downslope in a hill, like in how the road crowns. Mm. So it's all yeah. like a mixture of like a teeter totter effect, and then if, and since I load up my left hip anyway as right. a like a stabilizing anchor yeah that hip it's it, it really took a toll so my my chiropractor after that adjustment was like you needed that bad your hips were literally rotated down and then they were like split <laughs> and I was like wow yeah, I felt it
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's crazy oh my gosh well it's good you got adjusted and you are taking a little bit of a break right until you start again
1: yeah we, we took to about go. a week break and now now we're at like we're coasting because we're going to be speaking at the Kroger Wellness Festival, oh, okay. uh, it, here in it, it's at the banks of Cincinnati between the two uh, okay. professional sports team stadiums, uh, and we're the keynote speaker for Friday. Oh my god! So wow, yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting. pretty cool. Yeah, it's uh, they're expecting seventy thousand people. Never spoken in front of seventy thousand people, so I'd that's going love- kind to of be interesting. You know. Yeah. We've capped it at a couple thousand before, so I, you know, I guess, I guess we'll be okay.
0: What's like, eight, 68 more? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do math. Right,
1: completely. Yeah, completely. What, what, what is sixty-eight thousand more people? Yeah, it's
0: nothing. Um, that's amazing. Well, good for you. So exciting. Um, such an inspiration. Just like incredible. And yeah, I mean, I don't think most people without your Condition and with a fibula would be a little. Walk- I mean, I know I wouldn't, my knees would give out, so <laughs> so it's, it's well, there is a
1: little training you have to do.
0: I'm sure, I'm sure. Actually,
1: to be honest, it's hard to train for if you're gonna walk because you can't train to walk every day all day, yeah, before you go walk every day, all before day. you
0: do it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true.
1: And uh, so I'm in a funny story, I'm in a crossing group and uh. It's like a face private Facebook group of people that are crossing or have crossed uh, okay. the US mm-hmm. And uh, I talked to talked to one of the guys and he kind of became a mentor and he told me he was like, Cody, half of us were not runners or anything before we did this. We just yeah. kind of said, wow. you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna walk across an na- it or run across an it and then sure enough, we just somehow our body made it you know he was like it's yeah. just kind of your mind and your body just kind of like, all right, sure. Let's just make it happen.
0: Yeah. So it's, uh, so
1: I'm not in, (laughs) I'm not the only person that's like, well, I didn't train properly for that because it's hard. You can't, the only way to train is to go and do it it. and you can't do it every day and still be healthy to actually go do it. So,
0: yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. How can people find you, donate,
1: all that fun stuff. Uh, please go follow Overcomer Team on Instagram. Okay. Uh, we have a link tree in our bio, which kind of can direct you to all of the news stories, uh, other websites, and other links. Uh, some, if you just want to go check out the nonprofit, championsdoovercome.org. And it's the same thing, with Champions Do Overcome on Facebook as well.
0: Uh, amazing. Cool. And I'll put all of those in the episode description out so everyone can easily find them. Awesome. Um And that's so amazing. If people want to like, I'm assuming you post it on your Instagram or the website, like if you're in people's cities and you're doing something or whatever, is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. yeah. We, yeah. I, I have a publicist that's helping with like news exposure and all that oh, cool. stuff. Okay, Yeah. So, so we're, we're trying to get as much attention and, in, in uh, Exposure as possible, so yeah,
0: amazing. All right, yeah. cool. Well, Cody, thank you so much. This thank has been you, I'm, and I'm, you're uh, such an inspiration.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me, and uh sorry it took so long to actually make something no, work.
0: No, no worries. um I'm happy we we could figure it out. So it's been amazing.
1: Thank you, and uh, I'm holding you to that peer thing. So make sure, whole welcome party or exiting party of the walk yeah. i don't really know what to call it yet but the you know final hey.
0: hurrah. yeah
1: <laughs> yeah i may or may not be jumping into the ocean i, I don't know yet, i think you but, absolutely you know. need to <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe not by the pier because it's a little gross, but maybe, maybe a not. Bit, yeah, yeah a so, somewhere else. else. Yeah, you'll have to.
1: I'm not from California, so you have to tell me, like, hey, no, walk another yeah. mile north and then exactly. go. All right, or something, yeah. whatever. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Cody. I'll 100% be there. So, awesome. can't
1: wait. Thank you so much, and I uh, hope you have a good rest of your day.
0: Thank you. You too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens before, during, and after cancer. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. Follow along for updates and guests on Facebook and Instagram at Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast.